Hello and welcome to the Gatewatch Cast. I am your host, Norman Sanzo, and joining me today is Wilson. What's up, everyone? Hey there, guys. So, um, as requested by a commenter, we are going to cover the top 10 most saltiest card in Commander. That we think are in Commander. Yes, I mean, there is more, but for me personally, uh, these are my top 10 lists that I have experienced personally. Yeah, and this is one that I experienced as well, but in a different playgroup and from other states as well. Alright, alright, alright. So, uh, a brief definition of what salty means. Uh, salty means... Um, <laughs> Anything that tilts you. Yes, it tilts, but uh, things that you are not happy with, things that make you, you make you frown or frustrated and so on does not allow you to play magic ah uh, yes i mean things that just feel unfair yes so let's get right into it my in no particular order my first one would be expropriate so expropriate is oh boy this is going to be a good one it's a seven and two blue sorcery and what does it do? So anyway, uh, it has console's dilemma. Starting with you, each player votes for time or for money. For each time vote, take an extra turn after this one. For each money vote, choose a permanent owner. Sorry, uh, a permanent owned by a voter and gain control of it. Exile expropriate. So at first, it doesn't sound that bad because of what. Nine mana cost. Yep. Let's just say if you don't really want to give the opponents time, you can just save uh, money and you can give them one of the permanents and whatnot. So True. it's not that bad. But the problem is, uh, expropriate usually comes in at near the end of the game where you have your board set up and you have your pieces ready. So if you were to give something, let's just say this, uh, if I have um, an enchantment called Omniscience on board, that allows me to play cards from my hand without paying the mana cost. Okay. Yeah, of course. So if I were to give that to my opponent, that would be really bad. Yeah, and it's even if you don't want to give it to your opponent, it says choose. So. Even if there's Hexproof, even if there's Shroud, they can just take it away. Mm -hmm. So it, it uh, covers all the bases. That, yeah. So what do you think of this one? For me personally, I find this really annoying when someone plays this and they don't really know what to do with it. I only experienced this against when I, when I play it, but I can understand why it's uh, on the list. People don't really like to play against it because if they do, um, they 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 lose permanence and your opponent gets extra turns. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as you said, if that person doesn't know what to do after they cast appropriate, yeah, I can, I'll be salty as well. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing, because uh, somebody getting an extra turn is already annoying, but if they're getting what four extra turns, that is way too bad. Like it's really really bad. Well, that's just poor decision making on the table, and it's not really his fault then. Yeah, true, but still, it's one of those scenarios where I do wish if a person were to play expropriate, they finish off the game because it's one of those things where, example, for me, if I were to play expropriate, it would be, okay, I just need two more turns just to finish off my combo just to win. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, because, you know, we need to do this stuff and blah, 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 and so on. Yep. So, what is your number one? 
So um, mine is actually in a particular order. Um, so my first one is Centripus, mm. uh, which I see is also in your list, yes, right? Yes, Centripus is on my list too. So what Centripus uh, is a two, a white, a black, and a blue legendary artifact creature, human wizard, tree tree, that says at the beginning of your upkeep, choose target opponent. This this turn, that player can't cast spells or activate abilities and plays with their hand revealed. You may play lands and cast spells from that player's hand this turn. So, I faced against a, my, a, a ton of central play decks before, and they all annoy me. <laughs> I am a blue player, and whenever they choose me, I can't even counter it. Well, technically you can recycle. Yes, but if let's say I do not have any hmm. any mana open or I do not have the uh, corner target uh, trigger ability spells, you're screwed. I'm screwed. So that's why I really do not like Centripus. And even worse is, I am when I'm playing Centripus, my uh, when my opponent's playing Centripus, they can cast whatever I have, hmm. and my blue decks are usually combo decks. Not just blue. Every deck I have is combo deck. And most of the time, I have combo pieces in my hand. Mm. And they can cast it, and they can combo off, and I die. No, that's true. That's true. The, the, I just played a game last night where my opponent ultimated his Narset's Transcendent. And I can't cast any of my non-creature spells. And then, my opponent played his Centripus and chose me. <laughs> oh god. And he took my... Veldelkin, uh, Grand Architect, and Pili Pala, Infinite Mana, and then drew his entire deck. So, this is my... Although it's still at the bottom of the list, I think it's one of the saltiest cards that I do not like. Uh, what do you think about What do you think about it, Norman? It's one of those things where I don't like this kind of deck style where you lose control of the game because Usually, uh, what one thing that I hate is not being able to play magic. Uh, things like extra turn, those annoy me because I can't play uh, centripetus. You can respond. True, but the thing is, once it's done, but centripetus is different though. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, much more annoying. True, I'm just saying what's going on. Yeah, true. So uh, centripetus here, I don't get to play my things because it's funny at first, haha, but. The it thing gets, is, it, the, the novelty wears off, right? Yeah, but the thing is, here's the thing. I don't think it's going to be fun for the Centripet players too, because once the, when, once it's already flip face up, revealing what commander you're using, everybody will have that dread of thinking, oh no. Am I going to be it? No, the person's using Centripets. Oh. So, everybody focus fire on this person, because if you're holding up a counter spell, you're not going to counter anything the table's going to do because you're waiting for that central to come out because everybody's going to be afraid of the central player it's a lie if somebody says oh no problem if the central player comes out I just remove it the guy's playing in Esper do you not think that he's ready for it? there's like various protection there's counter spells so many even with the counter spell in my hand I'm not sure what the opponent's going to do because he is playing in blue too, so he might have a counter spell and so on. Plus, there's Cavernal Souls. You can just use Cavernal Souls. True, true. I mean, see, yeah. the thing is, Centripet is annoying, but I'm, I'm with you. It's not 
that annoying to the point where I don't like it. Okay. I just find it salty, but yeah. That's yeah. So, what's on your next list? So, uh, <laughs> my, talking about losing control and whatnot, it's my sliver. <laughs> well, I, I see that my sliver is on my list too, so mm-hmm. why don't you tell so, us what it is? Uh, my sliver is a six cost artifact, legendary artifact, by the way. So, it has P4 and tap. My, uh, sacrifice my sliver. You control target player during that player's next turn. You see all cards that player could see and make all decisions that player could make. So, this is one of those scenarios where I mentioned to you before, I do not like this kind of game style where you lose control of the game. Yeah, yeah, you still play with me. <laughs> true, true. True, true. The, the thing is, it's salty, but it's not that salty if you are prepared for it. True. See, the, prob- the thing is with most decks, if you're ready for it. Yeah. So, with my Slaver, it's not that bad because it is a 6 artifact cost and you need to pay for and tap it. Granted, there's multiple ways to reduce the cost and so on. But the thing is, you need a total of 11 mana? Uh, or 10 there. So it's uh, 10. 10 mana, 6 and 4. Yeah, so you need a total of 10 mana to just use it. Yeah. But there are certain situations where people don't really... And so on, there's combos. True. But still, it's one of those things where it's annoying uh, if you're probably wondering why am i not annoyed with expropriate because expropriate costs seven and it's a sorcery card and technically you should be ready for it same thing but the thing is extra turn versus losing control is so what about you man like i know you've been using this card it it's it's such a to be honest that card is like my staple card mm-hmm. It should be stapled to my head whenever they play against me. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I I agree that it's the one of the saltier cards. <coughs> People do not like to play against it or play with it. Even to me, it's too much of a hassle. I have to go around the table if I'm playing my deck because I I want my saber everyone in one turn. I agree, it's very salty. It makes it, it essentially playing with yourself like. Wilson, pass the turn to you, Wilson. Oh, thank you, Wilson. Now it's past you. I'm, I'm done with the turn, Wilson. Thank you, Wilson. Well, but here's the thing, Wilson. I mean, <laughs> I want to think. Uh, the card itself, you need to sacrifice it. So how could you use it multiple times? Ah, well. I, okay, I, um, what I do is I use Goblin Welder and I use the... What do you call that? The Isochron Scepter with dramatic reversal mm. so i keep untapping the goblin welder and keep sacrificing it to make uh to bring back the mind slaver and i keep having mana rocks to keep paying for it so i have infinite mana infinite uh mind slaver triggers uh, yeah. so basically every time you set my slaver you use the welder to set something to bring something out yes and, yeah. yeah but it a token generator is something what you need to do but we'll, we'll get to that next time okay, okay. so what else do you think list? about? So, so, what else do you think about my sliver? My sliver, like I mentioned before, it's annoying, but it's manageable if you know what to do and if you're ready for it. Because if you're not ready for it, then you're gonna have a hard time just dealing with it. True. So, um, if you're playing in green, you you are the guy that's responsible for making sure that my sliver doesn't go off. Yeah. True. True. But if you're playing in what? 
uh, other colors that don't really deal with artifacts. Uh, what I think black is the one. No, black does deal with no. Mm, no, black does not deal with artifacts. It's just mainly creatures and life lo- life loss. Mm. But my next card on my list mm. allows people to not be able to play with Mind Slaver, ah. and that is Gather Teak. Gather Teak is a green and a white 2-2 legendary creature Kifton advisor. It says, non-creature spells with converter mana cast 4 or greater can't be cast, and non-creature spells with X in their mana cost can't be cast. So, you know how people like to cast spells in, their, in, in Commander, right? Especially big spells. That's the main essence of Commander. People want to play janky, fun, big spells like Death Battle War Cry mm-hmm. to bring out all four of their Minotaurs. <laughs> or maybe they want to cast a very big 10, uh, X equals to 10 uh, finale of Devastation to bring out that Cradle Behemoth. Mm-hmm. But Galatik stops that, and it's not cool. Galatik essentially stops a lot of combos, yes, but it also stops the game from progressing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've faced that one before, and I've seen game knights face this kind of deck before. And uh, how do you put this? I, I personally think it's annoying. Yes. Like, is it not manageable? No, not really. I mean, no, not really. Which is why it's still on the bottom of my list. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. uh, removal spells are usually three and below. Yes, and they can allow uh, people to cast creature spells. So it's still a, it's still, it's still. Although it's salty. It's not that salty yet. Hmm. So, so I mean, it, it, it just says uh, four or higher. Yes, but so, the other problem is X spells. Even if it's ah, yes. even if it's let's say you want to fireball this for two, you can't even cast it. Yeah, the the X spell part is annoying. But yeah. still, um, there is a lot of things that can remove getting key. Yeah, uh, if you do it, a shock. Yeah, a shock. Uh, yeah. pyroclasm. I mean, there's more. Yeah. E- even Doomblade. Yeah, even Doomblade. Yeah, Doomblade is a three. Yeah, so, so much. So there is a lot of cards that can get rid of getting T. And the best part is, if it's not a commander and you get to exile it, that is also good. Yeah, but I've seen people play this as a commander, so and they play as stacks. So mm. it's really hard for people who play this as a commander and play stacks to handle the deck. Yeah, it's something that you need to get ready for. Like... Usually, I, I think the thing about salty cards is that you need to get ready to face it. That's mostly the point. Yeah, I agree. So, but anywho, um, so what's your next card? <laughs> My next card is another annoying one. It's called Nexus of Fate. Ah. It's a 5 and 2 blue instant. It says, take an extra turn after this one. If Nexus of Fate would be put into a grave from anywhere, reveal Nexus of Fate and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. And it is a buy a box promo for uh, Core 19. So everyone could get it if they buy a box. So, what's the annoying part about this one? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an instant. It's an instant extra turn card. Yet again, with a high CMC. casting cost, uh, 7. Yeah. But what's the reason you put it above expropriate? They're both the same thing. They True. have high mana cost. They have extra is, turn. It's instant. The instant is True. the problem. True. Because not including Vidalcan Orrery or even uh, Layla of Dissipation. 
cards like Extractors usually are in sorcery speed, so you are ready to counter it when it comes down. And usually Extractor spells, not including the banned one, are at CMC 5 or higher. There's a 2 mana CMC in green. Extractor. Green? Extractor? Okay, that's surprising. Yeah, I'll tell you about it later. Mm -hmm. But still, the thing is, usually those are in sorcery speed. So you are ready for it, you can counter it, you can do whatever you want. But the thing is, with this one, it's an instant speed. So usually blue players would like to keep their mana untapped. So a scenario for this one would be, I'm going to combo off next turn. The turn passes to Wilson, or sorry, the turn passes goes around like this. So after my opponent here passes the turn, it goes to me. Wilson doesn't want that. So he will steal the turn and he'll combo off, leaving me with nothing. Well, that happened. <laughs> True. But no, uh, it's one of those things where it's annoying because it's, you, you are not ready for it. Like, you are... It's just there to annoy you. It's, it's very annoying because it's still instant. Like, the, the, the thing is, the instant is bothering me. True. 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 And since it's a instant card, like, um, I, I should mention this with the other previous cards too, but uh, copy, copy magic is there. Like, there's a lot of copy magic spells. Yeah, true. So that's going to be very annoying. Yeah, I've seen people take 10 extra turns. Oh, that's very annoying. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Alright, so the, there's one way to prevent that, and, to mm -hmm. make, and that's to make your opponent's spells cost more, so that they can't set up, they can't um, play their spells. And do you know how to do that? With Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fourth. Oh. That's and that's the next card on my list. So Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fourth is a two and a white and a blue, two tree legendary creature, human advisor. It says white spells you cast cost one less to cast. Blue spells you cast cost one less to cast. And spells your opponents cast cost one more to cast. Now that makes your opponents spells cost more while yours cost less. In all actuality, it doesn't sound bad. No. It's in the yes, it doesn't all sound bad until you finally realize it's in both blue and in white. Mm -hmm. Colors where they stop you from doing things. Yep. So let's say you have cast this, my um, ghostly prison cast cost one. Mm -hmm. If I cast this, my disallow only is the same as counter spell now. Mm -hmm. And if I cast this, let's say my Sphinx Revelation allows me to draw 2 or 3 mana, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. It allows you to get more and more advantage as time progresses if this is on the battlefield. Ooh. And your opponent can't even combo off. Let's say there's a... Remember the combo we talked about last week? The one where Blasting Station mm -hmm. and the uh, 0 art mana uh, artifact? Yeah, yeah. yeah, now you need to pay 1 for it. Because it's still it's still map it, it it makes it one mana cost. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, usually in Azurias, they're the police colors, so they will have a lot of stacks in their decks. Yes. So playing with stacks is not fun. Yes. Uh, usually stacks what uh they ask you to pay one more for casting a spell. Uh, so with what? Uh, what? What is a good stack spell? Uh, think about Ristic Study. Ristic Study is one. 
but it's not really that impactful. Mystic reward. Yeah. But the thing is, if somebody plays a card that asks you to... Locks of the Warhammer. Increase the... Uh, increase the casting cost by one. So technically you'll be paying two. And I'm sure there's more than that. So technically you could pay three or more. So that's going to be very annoying. Yes, that's very true. Even worse, if you combo it off with uh, Helm of the Host. That's so basically, <laughs> So basically, your Arbiter will be Making versus your, one. Yes. Two, three, four. Oh my god. And then, basically, you'll be casting for free. Not really free, but... Um, what, that, uh, you'll be casting spells for like one or two mana each time. Yeah, and then like, what, the Nexus of Fate is five? Oh no, it's, no, it's just two only. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so it's like, and people will... And like your you opponents can't cast spells anymore because they cast five more to cast. Yeah. Let's say a soul ring now casts six. <laughs> Why? Why would you? Or even what? A mana crypt will cast five. No. Oh my god, no. So this is uh, annoying with stacks because yes. it makes the game go to a standstill. Yeah. It's not bad, but still. <laughs> One of the problems with creatures is if you can destroy them like a doom blade will cost three but plus one four true and so on and so on and so on as long as you're ready for it yeah so uh what's the next card on your list okay the next card on my list is a very annoying one it's really annoying to so you. I, I think it's going to be everyone <laughs> so anyway uh the next card would be void widower for nine and it oh, is a creature eldrazi for eleven and nine Opponent, your opponent can cast spells with even converted mana cost. Zero is even. Your opponent can block with creatures with even converted mana cost. So, <clears throat> what does this say? You can't cast even spells. Mm -hmm. So, meaning that this is going to be very annoying because what did I mention before? Doomblade, Heroes Downfall, CMC3. Those? No, they are CMC2. Sorry, no wait. Doomblade CMC2. Uh, Doomblade CMC2. Okay, my bad. But still, you can't cast half of your deck is uh, left and inefficient. Yep. And as if you're ready for it, yeah, but this really shuts down a lot of things. And you can't block with even yeah. converted mana creatures. So that's just going to be really bad. That's bad for the guy who does that. Yeah, so it's what even is 0, 2, zero, two four, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Basically, you can still use downfall and whatnot, but I'm guessing people are ready for it. Yeah, and uh, you can't uh, block with tokens. Ah, uh, yeah, because there's Tokens zero. are 0. But still, this just stops a lot of things. Yeah, but it's a good card as well, because you can stop combos. True. But it's... Because they stop combos that people are talking about, mm -hmm. and essentially, it as Norman said, it doesn't really allow people to play magic fully. Mm -hmm. Like half of your deck is gone. I mean, unless you build a deck around it, like what? Or wash the prey piercer mm -hmm. that makes uh odd mana cost cards uh do double damage. Most probably, you have more most of the cards that are odd mana cost in there. Mm. What is this pink like from? The Esto Sphinx, I forgot from the Amina to Precon. It uh, says even, right? It says even. Yen Ma. Yeah, 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 something like that. Uh, 
Yenet, Yenet. 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 Uh, Yenet is flying Vigilance Menace. Whenever Yenet attacks, reveal the top card of your library. You may cast it without paying his mana cost if it's CMC. It's odd. Huh? If uh, you don't cast it. So basically... <laughs> if you don't cast it, draw a card, sorry. Yeah, so basically if you play Yenet, you play this one, and it works because... It works. Yeah, you're, you're just it doesn't, your deck. But it doesn't matter because it only affects your opponents, mm. not even you. True, but if you're playing Yenet and you're not having this, like, you still bypass it, but yeah. it's a very specific <laughs> deck to build around. True. I um, remember you played Yenet. I, I played it before. And you put and you keep revealing odd mana, co- uh, co- uh, even mana cost cards. Yeah, because those other cards are kind of staple that I need to do. True. Okay. Yeah. But what about yours? So, you know how people like to play with lands, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say people play with five colors. Mm. Usually, their land base are not really much, not really basic, right? So, what's the the next card is really damnable for them, which is Blood Moon. So Blood Moon is two and a red enchantment that says non-basic lands are mountains. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now that's the reason why people do not like this card is because it really stops a lot of CEDH decks. Yes, that's true. People really like to play five colors. Not just five. Let's say four. Let's say three. Let's say the top decks used to be Trashers and Dimna. Four color decks and mostly not, not playing basics. Mm-hmm. And think about that. You, you're going to turn their basic uh, non-basics into red. Yeah, that, that will hurt them, like, especially if they're not using red at all. Yes, especially that. Now, imagine people trying to combo off. Next turn, they say, oh, I'm going to combo off. I have this in my hand. I blood moon them. Oh, damn it. <laughs> but it doesn't really stop them cold-bloodedly. Like, yes, it doesn't. Like, if they have a... Okay, here's the difference between casual and competitive. Casual have a lot more basics inside their deck. That's because, true. well, they just want to play for fun and they have lands that they have. Yeah. Competitive usually wants to go in deep and hard. True. So they will have, like, a, the minimum amount of basic will be five in total. Probably, I'm not 100% sure. What if you're playing against Golos? Oh, yeah. What if you're playing against uh, Kenrith, the returned mm, king? Yeah. Most of them have five colors uh, and mostly would play with non-basic lands because they want to maximize how much mana they can get. Yeah, you know, you know honestly, my Kenrith uh, deck has three mountains only. So that says a lot about my mana flow with the others. Yes. So, in all, all in all, Blood Moon actually just really stops people who play five color decks. True, but would I say that this is annoying to a point where it's salty for me? Yes. No, not really. For, for me, it's not. Yes, but for CEDH players, a lot of people are really salty about this because usually they turn one this. Oh, yeah. Like, it depends people, like for some people. But for me, I don't see it as a annoyance because A, I don't face it, and B, I don't have that part of the time to deal with it because, well... You're casual. Yeah. Alright, so what's your next card? So, my next card would be Derevi, uh, Imperial Tactician for a bunt that is green, white, and blue. Legendary creature, but wizard, for a 2-3. It has flying whenever Derevi, Imperial Tactician, enters the battlefield, or a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you may 
tap or untap target permanent, you it has an activated ability for one and bunt, and put the RV into the battlefield from the command zone. Mm. So this doesn't sound that bad and whatnot, but no, it's actually mean. It's a very mean card. Doesn't because, sound like it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. But the thing is, uh, you bypass the casting cost for the commander uh, because here's the thing you can tap or untap a card you just pull it out it taps or untaps something let's just say if it's a mana rock or it's a thing that uh, wants you to tap for mana or something like that usually things like that would be Basalt Monolith or one of the expensive mana rocks or yeah, sure. so that's one but usually the way that this deck works, I don't know, I've faced it before and I find it really annoying. People uh, actually play stacks with the deck, mm -hmm. usually. Um, people like to... Uh, I do not know why, but it's in the colors, I can agree. And people play, like to play stacks with it. I seriously do not know, understand why. I've never played with uh, people who played this deck before. But... I do not feel that this card makes me salty if I ever face against it. Because... You just pull it out from the command zone, and it's just an ability. Yeah, but I, I think one of the few things is just imagine if you have a Winter Orb, mm -hmm. and Winter Orb says, uh, what was it again? Can it says as long as it's untapped. Uh, as long as it's untapped, uh, no, each player can't untap more than one land uh, each untapped at, at their untapped step. If you don't go even worse, Static Orb. Uh, that's the, that's that's essentially almost the same thing, but uh, for, for non land permanence, yeah. uh, for 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 permanence, yeah. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, you 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 leave it untapped when it comes to your turn, or when it comes to when the, the person ends the turn goes to your turn, you may tap it. You put it in, you tap it, mm. or on the untapped step, you just pull it in and then you tap it, and so on. See, the thing is, it can be really annoying at some point, like. Uh, like I mentioned for it's a stacks deck and so on. Yeah, okay, that's true. So but I mean, that then it's not really the card that makes you salty. It's actually the other the, the components that the, the entire yeah, deck. That and also the casting cost or the uh, bypassing the casting cost because you could spend a lot of mana to destroy it. Like with other commanders, uh, let's just say the most basic one uh, to uh, risk the redeem. It is a what? One cost or two cost? One cost. One cost commander. But as time goes on, if you keep destroying it, it will go up in cost. So it's a, so what? It's a one, it's a three, five, and so on. But this one just puts it on the battlefield. Yeah. Basically, even if you destroy it, it'll come back. it come back as four. It's a three. It's always four. Yeah. Will it, uh, when it goes, sorry, will it, when it, it will, comes It's always four. So it doesn't count as leaving the command zone? It leaves the command zone, but you always use the ability to bring it back. Yeah, so as it has a lot of counters, whatever it is, like the, the text for it is going to be high, but you just use the ability to pull it out. So that is annoying. Like That's one of the reasons that I find it annoying because one is the colors. Uh, it's going in Azurius for stacks. And it has the... Green for ramp. Green, green for ramp. For... But the discount, the, the thing that pulls it out, that's annoying to me. Yeah, I, I feel that that's acceptable. Just keep destroying or just destroy the player. Yeah, I, true. But I the thing is, like you keep you you're using your removals to get rid of it, but you're not getting the payoff. 
Yeah, like with Yuriko, the tiger, what's her name again? Commander Ninjutsu. Yeah, the Commander Ninjutsu. That one is a very specific thing where you need to attack and it cannot be blocked. Unblocked. If it's unblocked, you can ninjutsu it out, but if it's blocked, then it doesn't come out. So there's ways around it. I mean, there's always, there's also the there's ways. There's also ways around uh, the Revy, but it really depends. Yeah, but the Revy, you don't really need to. It doesn't have that cons where it needs to attack or it needs to do something before it can come out. In this manner. True, but if you're in green, that's the thing. Yeah, you just stop them with the new conundrum. <laughs> that's something else. But yeah. what's, what's your list? So, what's your favorite thing in magic? Drawing. Okay, what if I stop that? Okay, that's mean of you, but um, we'll see. My next card is Possessed Portal. It's an 8-mana artifact that says, if a player would draw a card, that player skips that draw instead. Oh. And at the beginning of each up and step, each player sacrifices a permanent unless they discard a card. Think about that for a second. There's no upside to this card. Not even to you. If a player would draw a card, that player skips that draw instead, alright? At the beginning of each end step, each player sacrifices a permanent unless discards a card. Oh! No upside, not even to you, not to your opponents. And people get salty against this because they play it with the fairy's puzzle box. Oh! At the beginning of your draw step, if you would, you, if you, draw, you put down all your cards from oh. your hand and draw that many. But since this one doesn't allow you to draw, yes. You go in. But this one affects all players, right? Yes, even you. So, ooh, why would you play this? Well, people have actually a lot of cards that allow you to search for cards. Uh -huh. And usually when people are established, already established that combo, they will use this combo to stop people from going from going off. Or trying to stop you and so on. Yes. Okay. And since they can't get more cards, they have to discard their cards, and they usually use Hefari's Puzzle Box to shuffle back the cards before they can do anything. Yes, but of course this isn't. This is still on the bottom of my list because people can handle it. True. I mean, it is an artifact. Vendor Blast would destroy it. Yeah, but Vendor Blast is sorcery. Yeah, true that. Oh god. Yeah. So unless you're in green, which has instant speed removal for uh, artifacts, you're lost. True. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So stopping draws is one of the top. Is one of the good things, but. The reason why it's still on bottom is because it's 8 CMC. Ah, uh, yeah, and it's hard to deal with. So, yes. Yeah. So, uh, what's your next card? So, my next card is a rather recent card, and that is Teferi, Master of Time. It is a 2 and 2 blue legendary planeswalker, Teferi, uh, with 3 loyalty, and it has you may activate loyalty abilities of Teferi, Master of Time, on any player's turn. Any time you could cast an instant. This plus one is draw a card and discard a card. It's minus three is target creature you don't control phase out. Uh, what phasing out is? Treat it as it's not on the battlefield, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's minus ten is take two extra turns after this one. Mm. So it's one of the. You, you can see a team with the cards I don't like. Yeah, extra turns. Yep. So what's the problem with this one is that. In a normal standard game of uh, standard or legend, legacy or whatever it is, if it's a one-on-one -on -one game, 
It's not that bad because you need 10. Yeah, and but it's a commander. Three. Yeah, true. So, commander games usually has 4 players. So, starting with you, you're plus 1. Going with the other person is 2, 3, and 4. So, essentially, you have 4 loyalty in 1 rotation. Yep, so that means what? You have uh, 4, 5, 6, 7. So, you're at 7 now. Yeah. But usually people don't usually go for the 7. They use things like uh, Oath of the Fairy that allows you to double up your uh, activated placeholder yeah. cost. True, so true, that's true. going to be really annoying. But I remember we faced this card during a game of Kingdom. No, Kingdom. Was it Kingdom? It was Kingdom. Yeah, it was Kingdom. And <coughs> one of the players used this card and it was an 8 player kingdom, was it? Yeah, it was a 10 player kingdom. Oh, it was a 10 player So you can just imagine. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, that player is going to go extra turn again. Okay, yeah. he activates the card and then like, oh, extra turn again. Oh, God. But to be honest, in a normal game, Teferi won't live. Mm, mm, mm. In a normal 4 player game, Teferi won't live more than one turn. Yep. Yeah, because... As usual, planeswalkers are the weakest permanents on in EDH. True, true. But still, it's one of those things where I find it very annoying to deal with because if you're not ready for it, if you don't have anything to go through, usually I think players who use the fairy has their bot set up and have their defense strong. Mm. Like they have blind obedience to make sure people have their creatures come in tap. Or they have stacks like uh, ghostly prison or even propaganda to stop people from uh, going through. So they have their bots ready for this. Yeah. And if it takes what the next round to get things to action, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. But do you know how to uh, how to get rid of them? Usually with a removal spell. Yeah, and that's what my next part is. Ah. People usually use this one as mass removal. Psychonic Rift. <laughs> uh, this is one of the saltiest cards people always hate. Psychonic Rift is one in a blue instant that says return target non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand. But it has overload for six and a blue and it changes the target into each. So it's, it turns it into return each non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand. I was going to put this in my list until I really think about it and this is from personal experience our playgroup doesn't really have Cyclonic Rift that much uh, A because it was a rare card that nobody really has and it's expensive at that time uh -huh. and B uh, not our playgroup doesn't really play that blue that much except for you and me and who was it again? other people I mean not much so basically Personally, for me, I don't find it annoying because I'm the one that's doing it. You don't find it annoying, yes, because you don't do it and you didn't face against it. But, to be honest, if you're in a regular playgroup, people will be using this left and right. Oh, true. That's true. But, here's the thing. Um, there is multiple ways to deal with uh, Cyclonic Rift. Yeah, mostly just counter spells. Oh, true. But, if let's say it resolves. Would you feel salty about it if you already have your board oh, set yeah, up? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, uh, right now, is the saltiest card list and true uh, Cyclonic Rift is salty but for me personally in this current situation right now I don't find it that annoying because I don't face it that much 
it's a scenario where uh, experience, my experience with this card is I'm the one using it. So, well, this is just your experience, but other people's experience feel that this card is not that uh, is very salty. Yeah, true. Uh, that is true. I'm not saying that it's not. Uh, I'm just speaking from my experience with this card because usually I'm the one that's doing it. So, yay! So let's say you let's say you're in other people's shoes. Mm -hmm. Would you feel salty about it? I would be. It depends on the, if you were in other people's shoes yeah, it, and you're doing it. Here's the thing. I mean, if I were in a play group that Cyclone Rift is a must in most decks, mm -hmm. I'll be ready for it because uh, there's a card that doesn't really counter it, but it's kind of screws people up. Uh, what was that card again? I the fairies, uh, the fairies protection. Uh, no, it's not fairies protection. It is a instant reversal. No, no, it's an instant card where. I change, I exchange permanence with uh, target opponent. Like uh, select all my creatures, exchange permanent with the other player, and we change. Like I take his creature, he take my creature. That only works during the com the combat step. Illusionist. I remember that one. Illusionist something gambit. Okay, so, uh, one of the few things why I talk, uh, why I think this card is okay because it's usually when you're attacking. Okay. Uh, I'll just read Illusionist Gambit because it's one of the cards that I use. And Illusionist Gambit is a 2 and 2 blue instant. Uh, cast Illusionist Gambit only during the declare blocker step of an opponent's turn. Remove all attacking creature combat and untap them. After the phase, there is an additional combat phase. Each of those creatures attack. Oh no, wait. Oh, Reigns of Power. Yeah, see, that was more confusing. But I do have this card also. I, I do forget what was it again. <laughs> I, I don't remember why, but yeah. Uh, Rings of Power. Where do you read this? So Rings of Power is two and two blue. It says untap all creatures you control and all creatures target opponent controls. You and that opponent gain control of all creatures the opponent the other controls until end of turn. Those creatures gain haste until end of turn. Mm -hmm. So this is a it's a cheeky way to count not really counter but it's a cheeky way to stop the opponent from. Gaining the most value. Yeah. So the idea is, whenever an opponent casts Cyclonic Rift, they want to kind of clear the board. Yeah. It's a blue block white. Yeah. But if you play Reign of Power, let's just say my board is filled with creatures. Yeah. So I want my creatures to live. Sure. So I cast Reign of Powers during, uh, in response to Cyclonic Rift, giving all my creatures to the person that's controlling Cyclonic Rift. Mm -hmm. So I take his creature, he take my creature. Yeah. Then Cyclonic Rift goes off. Yeah, sure. All of his creatures goes back to him. All of my creatures stays on his side of field. Until the end of turn. Yes. And then when that's done, I take all my creature back. Yeah, but uh, there's a problem with that is that if you're playing Rings of Power, you're playing blue, and most people probably the person won't be playing Cyclonic Rift. True. Because you have, ma you have at least four mana up. <laughs> and two blue. Yeah. That person 100% won't Cyclonic Rift if that's a trick. But that's the thing. Um, usually in this kind of scenario... Unless it's a free spell. Then yes. Uh, no, I mean, uh, in this kind of scenario, there's always somebody bigger than me. Like, yes. if it's a board wipe, it's a board wipe. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, let's just say you have your big creature stompy stompy thing going to happen. Yeah. Uh, he's going to board wipe. Or secondary rift. Yeah. I just want I want my boss to still survive. Like my creatures are important to me. 
Yes. So I'll use this, give it to him. I'll take it, and then that's only that's really only if you have mana up. Mm. But usually, a smart player won't second rip if there's mana up. True, but this also. <laughs> now we're talking about this card right now. But no, uh, that's besides the point. But still, um, those one of the ways, one of the cheeky ways to deal with second rip without countering it, because you still want the board. And uh, Teferi's Protection is another one. I mean, I can agree with Teferi's Protection. I mean, this is a few ways to deal with it. But like I said, uh, it's just cheeky ways to deal with Cyclonic Rift without countering it. Because you want the board to be white. Mm, it really of. depends. Yeah. But what's your next card? Yeah, my next card is... <laughs> uh, I think you mentioned this card before. Um, it was in the uh, it's one of the conversation. Not just... Um, not recent. Yeah, you just mentioned it recently. Anyway, uh, it's Golos Tireless Pilgrim. It's a five colorless legendary creature artifact scout for a three and five. Whenever Golos Tireless Pilgrim enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a land card. Put that card into the battlefield tab. Then search your library. Then shuffle your library. Uh, you can pay two and Bird. Exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn without paying their mana cost. So, this one is specific to me because the way that the deck is built. If the deck is built in a very mean way where extra turns are prevalent, um, a lot of things are there, it can get really annoying. You just play Lavinia, then you can do it. True. Yeah, like I said, if you're ready for it, if you're not, then yeah. Yeah. But still, um, I, I faced this like a few times and it can get really annoying. Like you said, as long as you have a contingency, you can counter it. True. It's not bad, but still, yeah. I, I find it annoying because uh, the first thing is it comes in, it allows you to look for lands. Uh, the activated cost is huge, but like if you use like like training grounds, you just have to pay Uber for it. Yeah, true. Well, what do you think? Uh, it's not really that. It's not really that hard. First off, it's an artifact. Second off, it's a creature. People usually play creature removal. Second most removal is artifact removal. Mm. So this is really easily uh, removed. And since it's five, it's quite slow to come in unless a person turn 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 one land soul ring mana vault and mana crypt. To get this out, yeah, nothing to say. Yeah, but if those kind of combos you still are lacking Uber. Yeah. Then you just play then you just play chromatic ori, then you just win. Yeah, but still. <coughs> yeah. It really depends. The but I don't think Golos is that salty. Yeah, but because it really depends on the luck. Yeah. But still, uh, it says the top three and if you can constantly check the top three of your deck is like with a sensei dividing the top? No, sensei dividing top doesn't just checks the top three. But what you need is something like four, because you, the top three you just shuffle it and you just take it out. Mm -hmm. But if you have something like scroll rack that allows you to rearrange it with mm -hmm. your hand, then I can agree. Yeah, it's very annoying. Yeah, but still, uh, it's multiple ways to deal with this that or to control this that with the things that you have inside. Yeah, but still, um, Golos Tyler's program is not a bad commander. It's just annoying to me because the way it's built, like if you build it with stacks or a lot of just extra turns and so on, it can get grading. True. 
But okay. that's a, there's another way to stop that, which is what my next card is. Mm. Null Rod. Oh. It's a two-mana artifact that says artif activated abilities of artifacts cannot be art uh, activated. So, this card is salty for a number numerous reasons. First off, what's the best play in a turn one? Uh, turn one would be turn one land soul ring signet. I mean, there it is. That's that's the common one. There it is. Land turn one turn one land soul ring. Soul ring. People love to use soul ring. Not just soul ring. People like to use ramp with artifacts. Mm -hmm. What if we cut that off? With no rod. Yes. People have felt felt the salt of this card after people play it with mana crypt. Okay. <laughs> basically this is similar to the creature. Collected Oof. Yeah. And Sony Silence. They are the card they they are they are the creatures and enchantment versions of this card. No rod was the very, the earliest iteration of that card. Yeah. Of those of those effects. And since it's the artifact itself, it's easily removed. But it, it still does a lot of damage at two mana cost that's colorless. So it can be put in any deck. Wait, wait, does it not null itself? It, no, it's activated. Uh -huh. This is a static. Of uh -huh. course, stuff like let's say Golos, ETB triggers. Yeah, sure. But, but its activated abilities cannot be activated. Uh -huh. So yeah, so basically, if you have the collector, ooh, so if you have a set of cards that do that, <laughs> yeah, and imagine if you have not just that, you have cards that have artifacts that have activated abilities. Let's say even mana rocks can't even tap for mana, can't sacrifice themselves, even Strionic Resonator can't activate, oh, yeah. even Soul Ring, Mana Vault, Mana Crypt, nothing can activate if this card's on the battlefield and it slows you down by a lot. And yeah, true. Unless you have a way to turn them into creatures and swings? Mm, you can do that. You can you can turn you can turn it into creatures and swing, but that's quite what card can does that again? Oh there's a lot I forgot. No, there's one card that turns everything to creatures. Yeah I forgot like there is but still uh, you can do that and yeah um personally for me this is a CEDH level card where yeah. I don't see it that much and I haven't feel the pain but I can just imagine like if this comes out on what? Turn 1. Turn 1? It always comes out on turn 1 whenever I play against people in KO in uh, Singapore. Yeah, uh, I, the way I can think of it is Lotus Petal, Second 1 Mana Floating, No, land. if you play this card, you won't play Artifacts. Huh? Turn 1 Same Spirit Guide, land, no run. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, still, oh wow, that, that's going to be bad. Like, that slows down the gameplay quite yeah. a lot. It, stays, it slows down a lot where you can set up your combos and win or hit people. Uh -huh. That's why uh, it's one of the saltier cards that people have faced against in KL and Singapore. Ah, alright. Alright, so what's your next card? My next card is going to be a funny one. And <laughs> that's Smoldering Tides. Ah, types. Yep. Smoldering Tide is a tree and white enchantment. And whenever an opponent draws a card, that player may pay two. If the if the player doesn't, you create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap sacrifice this artifact at one mana of any color. So I play this a lot. You play this a lot? Too? Um I don't have the card, but I've seen people play it. 
Yeah, but I, I have this card I played in my deck and I seen another player play this card and so on. Um, the thing, the annoying thing about this one is that it's not a... Mm, it's uh, not really RAM. It's not really RAM, but it's not really... Uh, it's not really stacks as well. It's yeah, not really so, tax as well. But the thing is, when you draw, the line is, would you like to pay two? And if the player doesn't, you get a treasure. So that doesn't sound bad. But the thing is, if somebody draws a lot, yeah. they have to pay two for each. But if they don't, you have, let's just say, two cards or two treasures on board. Yeah. And two treasures can be four, ten, six, twelve, whatever it is. Because people are not going to pay. Because people are just going to uh, be selfish and keep mana for themselves to do something for themselves. And smoldering ties sometimes people will overlook. People will overlook because it's one of those things where it's getting annoying and I'm not going to think about it anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to pay for it. And uh, people will just, ah, you can just take it, you can just take it. So, that's true. It's one of those things where some ordering ties is already psychological. So, even if somebody does deal with it, that stack of treasures over there is still going to be there. And let's just say somebody deals with ordering ties. Now they want to deal with the artifact. They use Vandal Blast, Overload. They can just sack it. Yep. Sack all of them to float the mana and do something with it. That's actually a reason why I don't play Smothering Tides. And that's because of Nora. Uh, true. I've, I've been, I faced against um, Smothering Tides in my uh, in KL before. And no, I played, played with Smothering Tides before. But I don't play them now, it's because I faced too much Nora abilities. Nora-esque abilities. And I do not want to play. And then I was like, this card is too expensive. And if I get no rot, it's not it's not really useful. So I'm just gonna take it out, side in for better cards. So really it's a good card, yeah. In casual formats, yes. Even mm-hmm. but if you are facing against a card in the great creator, it's essentially it's essentially becomes useless. Oh that's true, that's true. But like I mentioned before, it's one of those scenarios where it's one of those things where if it's down and nobody deals with it, it's going to be very bad. True. What about you? My, well, since we're talking about mana, my next card will be Foreign Clats, was of Hunger. Hunger. Mm-hmm. It's a 6 and 2 green, a 7-6 legendary creature predator. It says it has trample, and whenever you tap a land for mana, add 1 mana to your mana pool of any type that land produced. And then, Whenever an opponent taps a land for mana, that land doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Now, first off, it taxes people. Second off, it gives you double mana. It has trample. It's big. Of course, it's not. Uh, it's eight mana, but you're in green. If you're playing this, you're in green. Hundred percent, you're gonna turn cast this at turn five if or turn four. Yeah. Nah, it usually because like. You're gonna ramp and turn, turn. You're gonna ramp constantly uh, if you're playing more. You're going to use this as the commander. No, no? Uh, maybe. We we'll see. Well, but what do you think? I think it's very strong though. Yeah, uh, one of the creators like uh, Warrior 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 is well. It is a one. <laughs> it's one of the uh, legendary cards that is very annoying to deal with. It has a six, a seven, six, and trample, and what? Well, it attacks, it gains, it 
restricts. Yeah, and the thing is, it gives you double mana. Like yeah. it gives everyone on the board double mana. Yeah. You tap it, you gain what? You tap a green, you get two greens. So that's not bad. But if you're the opponent, you have to think twice because you don't untap. Yeah, but you get double. But no, you don't get double. No, only the person controlling Warren class gets double. Oh yeah, you okay. So yeah, I mean, this the is opponent, one the opponent is I need to think about whether or not they want to cast it. This is one of those things where I need to really think about it because do I have a removal for this? Because if I'm going to tap for mana, I'm going to make sure that it's going, worth it. Yeah, like let's just say expropriate. <laughs> like I'm going to tap mana. I'm going to make sure it's worth it for me. So I'm going to cast in expropriate, tapping nine, making sure it's worth it. And this somebody counters me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But still, um, one it's one of those scenarios where this is mean. This is really mean. But I, I haven't seen anyone use this as a commander or in the ninety nine. But still, it's hard. It's actually hard to obtain in JV, but uh, it's quite easy and it's quite easy to get in uh, KL in um, Singapore. And I've seen this in turn twos. Turn twos. Turn oh. one and two. Turn one and two. Turn two. Enemy dead. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of this come out or Jin Kitaxias. Jin is not bad, right? Jin, uh, you, you you don't have cards in your hand. Ah, uh, yeah, that's gonna be annoying. Yeah, but uh, this is a very bad card. And if to face, of course it's good if you're playing it, but it's very hard to uh, remove it because like, oh no, I, it, even if you remove it, if you already tapped your land, you can you you don't untap. Until the until the next until the next untap. Yeah, that's going to be annoying. I mean, there's multiple ways to deal with it. Yeah, uh, with seaboard news. Yeah, wild dance reclamation. Yeah, like you said before, um, there are multiple ways to deal with it. But Warren Clash essentially also stops that. I mean, um, wilderness reclamation is a bandage on the wound. It's just a bandage. Seaborne yeah. news is mostly just a miracle elixir. Yeah. I mean, it does help you every time. Like, if you tap it, you get double... No, no, you tap it, you get to untap it on the next player's untap unless somebody kills it off. But still, it's one of those scenarios where you get the option to untap. Unlike... Well, unlike the way if you play normally. So, you need so. to wait until the next turn. Wow. If you're playing, it's still, if you're playing Commander 4, that's going to be annoying because you tap mana, goes to you, you doesn't untap, goes to you again, then you untap. Yep. Wow, that's bad. Yeah, that's annoying. So, uh, what's your next card? Okay, my next card is going to be my last, and it is Aura Shards. Oh, Aura Shards. Yes, Aura Shard is a enchantment for 1 and green-white. It says, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may destroy target artifact or enchantment. It's simple, and it's not that bad when you think about it. Like, yeah, I it's just, about it. It's just uh, whenever a creature comes into play, usually yeah. maximum creatures can come into play per turn. It's maybe one or two, so it's not that bad. Depending on the deck, yeah. but the problem is, there's not that much enchantments and artifacts for you to remove once you let's say do it two turns but the thing is 
this deck can get annoying if you're playing in a token deck where okay I tap this much I generate this much token it comes down I bang 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 bang, bang 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 and here's the thing our one of our friends has this card and uses it in his wish to redeem deck oh fair yep but the thing is he doesn't have because he this okay okay so it says artifact it doesn't say anything about uh, lands. lands so you if you mingle it like this even the lands will go away yep ah okay so okay. basically <laughs> you put this on you generate a lot of creatures because it is on you paint all the troublemakers like if you're really going to be really really mean you destroy the land first oh, or no. destroy any other permanent that's going to be trouble for you true 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 so true, you true, 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 true. after doing that then you have the board ready for you like, even if somebody has a removal spell they don't have mana to deal with it mm, true but it's a very it's it's very um how do i say specific this? combo yes very specific and usually aura shards if once the once the ammo for aura shards is gone that's target itself yeah but the thing is you don't really need to do anything then because once you're already established, you're just gonna shoot and shoot. True, I agree. But it's not that salty of card. In that if it, if I think about it, it's, it's not, not like that. It's not, but it can be annoying. Yeah, it can, it can be. be, especially if you're established in the late game. Like True. then, oh boy, it is going to be murder. <laughs> well, my next two cards are actually uh, in the top of my list. Mm -hmm. And they are actually the same. They actually almost do the same thing. The first one is Winter Orb. Oh, uh, it's a two mana artifact. As long as Winter Orb is untapped, players can't untap more than one land during their untapped steps. And the other is Static Orb, three mana artifact that says as long as Static Orb is untapped, players can't untap more than two permanents during their untapped step. Listen well, two permanents and the other one is one land. Now, the people that feel that this is annoying or correct it's very freaking annoying because it does not allow you to untap it makes it essentially your resources are cut down to a trickle yeah i mean this is similar to vertical clap yes because it's, it goes to the same way where at least vertical clap allows you to untap your lands during the next untap step yes but this one doesn't really because it based on Okay, you can untap one land per turn. You can untap two permanents per turn. As so it's worse if they're both together. Yep. Because you, if let's say you are playing a lot of creatures, a lot of lands, then I slap down static or winter up together. The way it works is that. Usually, if you only have winter orb on the battlefield, you can at least tap your untap your artifacts, untap your um, creatures, you can attack with them, you can tap them for the artifacts for mana. But with static orb on the battlefield, together with winter orb, you can only tap, untap one land two and one permanent. Oh, uh, more than two permanents. Yeah, but it but the Ooh. the land is counted for winter orb. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So if you untap with Winter Orb, that counts for Static Orb's one permanent as well. So Ooh. you can only untap one other thing. 
Oh wow, that's mean. Yes. And think about the deck that's played with it. The most played card uh, commander with these two cards is Urza, High Lord Artificer. The new one. Yes. Oh. Wow. And it says as long as these cards are untapped, you only get this effect. So during your opponent's end step, you tap these two cards with Urza's ability, you get to untap all your stuff. But wait, uh, it says as long as it is untapped. You're starting with. Uh, let's see. Uh, you should untapped. read the oracle text. Oh yeah, okay. See. Uh, as long as static orb is untapped, uh, players can untap more than two permanents during their untapped step. So if you tap them in the end of your opponent's turn, during your untapped step, you can untap everything because they are all tapped. Uh, so basically, during your untapped step, it 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 counts it on the untapped step. No, it, uh, yeah, it only counts if it's untapped on the untapped step. But if it's not untapped on the untapped step, you can untap everything. So, uh, true. I mean, this is one of those things where it is specific to it's it's worldly specific because it needs to be untapped. So, if you are a guy who can tap or untap a permanent, you can kind of control this. Yeah, it's like the devery thing. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> comes in tap and untap. But this is much more annoying than devery. Yeah, true, because. You can you do this continuously instead of the very like just doing it. Yeah, true, true. But uh, like I mentioned before, uh, Wizards Recommendation does help with the lands and Seaborn Muse does help with everything on board. It does help, but still, I'm sure the players. Seaborn Muse doesn't help. Does it? Players can't untap more than two permanents during their untapped steps. Oh, really? No. Untapped steps. Oh, there! Wait, wait. Uh, as long as. Uh, during the untapped step. So, Seaborn Muse does pass by that? No, because it's also. Seaborn Muse is also doing the untapped step. It says their untapped step. Seaborn Muse is the opponent's. Ah, uh, each of the players. Okay. Then, yeah. But. If you, if you can. If they can, how would they stop a turn to Winter or? See. See the the thing about Seaborn Muse is is it's a five mana card. Yeah, five mana card. So, is is getting it in there is slow, but once it's already there, people or the player that's playing Winter Orb and Static Orb would kill that. Yeah, but it's one of those things where, don't do this to me. I'll help you. You help me. We kind of control the board, and then we'll uh, clean these two out, and then it'll be just me and you. Mm. I mean, there's like deals that can be made. Yeah, but the thing is, it's artifacts. So, Vandal Blast or even Artifact Removals can uh, disrupt this. Uh, static? No, what was your... Null Rod. Null Rod doesn't really stop this. Because... Uh, yeah, Null Rod doesn't stop yeah. that. That's why they play Null Rod. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Null Rod, we got off and Static off. Oh, God. Yeah. That, that's evil. No, that's evil. Mm -hmm. I agree. But that's the thing. They're in blue. Usually, when you play this, you're playing Urza High Lord Artificer, you're playing blue, there's counter spells, and you can tap those two for mana as well. You can use the mana to counter them. So, really, it's really a niche, niche situation in this, where it really depends on the deck you play. True. But it's really salty if you play, it, play against it. Oh, yeah. But still, 
my my verdict on those two are they're annoying. They they're really annoying. I mean, uh, I I think you sold this to me. Like you sold the Winter Orc to me. Yeah, the old one. Yeah, I have a new one. I mean, uh, it's, this is the one. Uh, yeah, I have this one. But anyway, um, you sold it to me. Until this day, I never found a place in my deck, and I always think that oh um, do I really want to use this? This is mean. I don't know. I play it. I played it. Yeah, um, people just good. Yeah, it's just mean. Like mm. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, but but still, um, there's a lot of ways to go buy this if you have uh, what, what was it called again? Um, Random blast. No, um. Smoldering ties, you don't really need the mana, like you just have your treasures. True. So you still have mana available for you, but it's not in land form. True. So that's one way to get by it. But no rod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no rod. Yeah, but yeah. All the things I've said usually actually count as yours. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some and vice versa sometimes. Yeah, true, true, true. But most of all I think the statement we can say about the saltiest cut on our list here is that it's from play experience. I'm sure that's going to be other annoyance out there that's are much bigger. Um, you can check out EBH Rex's most saltiest cut list. It's there. They have a lot of cards that are quote-unquote salty. But personally for us, these are my saltiest cards from play experience and those are your cards from play experience. Yeah. I do agree some of those cards are salty. Yeah. But yours as well, because yeah. yours is mostly situational wise mm-hmm. and biased towards the extra turn spells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true, that is true. Yeah. No, but if you notice the extra turns that I list down here are really unfair. Uh expropriate is on a good day you can get four extra turns. The fairy is two extra turns. Uh, Nexus of Fate is extra turn on instant. I can agree with Nexus of Fate, but if you want a fairy, the fairy is harder and in an ETH game, easily killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, expropriate is fair because it's high mana. It's a high mana cost, and usually you don't really give the extra turns. Extra turns. He only gives it to himself. And if, let's say, your opponent's situational analysis is quite low, then I'll call them idiots if they give him extra turns. Yeah, but still, uh, personally for me, extra turns sucks. <laughs> I used to play extra turns, but I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I still play extra turns. Well, I sold my extra turns, but I still I still can build them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but extra turns are always a good... is also a good thing to the players. It, it spices it. It depends. I mean... I'm not saying that extra turns are bad. I'm just saying extra turns are annoying. Because, mm. well, if you are going to play a game of Commander, everybody else wants to have a turn too. Well, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. But, but that's... I think that's all for extra, uh, saltiest cards, right? Yep, yep. So, if you guys at home enjoy the list that we have and want us to do another top 10 of something uh, do comment down below and we'll address them we'll look at them and we'll kind of build a list yeah sure i'm sure what uh commanders top 10 commanders that we enjoy that will be something right very joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah um yes i think that 
you can if you want just put down a list we'll do the we'll, we'll make the list and we'll tell the tell you about it and why we chose those uh, commanders as well oh, yeah. I mean top 10s are fun like if you want us to do it again uh, do comment below because I had fun I had fun looking at cards that annoyed me <laughs> uh, I, I had fun talking to my friends about hey guys what annoys a Annoyed us again? Oh yeah, those cars. Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah. Did you did you sit down with people and talk about it? Yeah, what's that? Ah, yeah. I I'm, I'm friends with them. <laughs> oh, you would soon be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anywho, um, let's move on to the next topic. And now, well, what have you been doing for a week? So, Wilson, what have you been doing? Eh? Uh, exams are coming. Ah. So I've been working. Oh. Uh, yeah, because exams are coming, it means I have more free time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, now that exams are online-based, uh, it's easier for me to pass them. And my assignments are mostly um, at the 35, 38 mark. So I can just get 10-something marks from my exam to wait to to pass. I'm, I'm not the kind of guy who wants to be, oh, I have to get all A's. I mean, my Asian parents are going to <laughs> with me. No, I'm not. I, I'm just... I just I just want to cruise through my entire degree, and get and get my degree and just work. Yeah, I mean the thing is with um, higher education, I would say it's a lie. Mm. Like you don't really okay. Maybe I'm wrong on this one. If I'm wrong, don't say anything. But the thing is, work needs ex workplace just wants experience, and usually they will just look at how many years of experience do that person have. And even if you have a master's degree on something, they won't hire you because you're too overqualified. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, but, but I also got... They won't pay you that much money. So either you take a cut on the paycheck or you don't work. So usually you know what you're applying for. Usually sure. it's written there how much you get. And even if you're overqualified, you just say, oh, why? You usually have reasons on why you want that job. Yeah, because I need to feel so magic. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I also got promoted to marketing in my in my part time job, mm. so now I'm getting better pay. I think. Oh yay! Yeah, and tomorrow's my birthday. Yay! Well, actually, uh, by the time when this episode comes out, it's been a while, but um, yeah. September 11th. Yeah, September 11th is oh. my birthday. So yeah, I'm getting more presents, um, even though I'm 22. Why am I getting presents? Hey, that's good, man. And age is just a number. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, so what about you? What have you been doing this week? Um, you know, honestly, uh, my week has been pretty okay. I managed to finish Ghost of Tsushima. Ah, that, that game. How is yeah. it? Oh, that game's good, man. That, that game is great. It, no wonder people are giving it all the accolades that it has. Like, that game is just awesome in terms of story, gameplay, and just mechanics. Like, at first, it's a bit hard to get into it because of all the things that you don't have. But once you do get the things, you can do a lot of a lot of things. And there's different play style. Like there's the upfront, like in your face kind of action play style, or archery where you can just shoot arrows. And there's the sneaky sneaky ninja. Okay, so and it's basically samurai archer ninja. Yeah, and okay. there's also. Uh, Charms, like they call it charms, but it's just power ups that uh, modify your game. Like you can have, okay, if you want to shoot faster with a bow, or if you want to uh, play a lot of counters, like counter attacks and whatnot. Like those things do play a part. 
So it depends on your playstyle and whatnot. Because I just finished my first run and I'm already feeling that oh, I want to play it again uh, with bows this time. So basically, like monster hunter. Probably, yeah. Mm, okay, that's cool. Except we're hunting uh, humans. Yes, yeah. <laughs> monsters. Human hunters. Mm, yes. <laughs> that's not. Uh, other than that, I think I've I've watched a movie recently. Oh, what movie? Uh, Mulan. Okay, that's a lot of controversy there. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not gonna talk about the controversy. I mean, the most obvious question is: Is it good? I would say that it's interesting. Uh, it's not bad if you look at it as a American action film. It is good. It's fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and if you take it on its own merits, not in terms of uh, if you don't compare it to uh, the animated series, then it's not bad. True. Okay. Um, the only thing that I dislike about the movie is how it focuses on Mulan. Which is not bad and it makes sense. It's a Mulan movie. Yeah. But the name is Mulan. It's I supposed know. to focus on Mulan. I know. But here's the thing. In the previous Mulan... Like here's the Mulan, animated version, yeah. right? Like I mentioned before, don't compare it to the animated one because this is its own thing. But I'm comparing it because in the animated one, we get to see uh, the characters getting built. Like we get to see Mulan and the three friends. Uh, Ping, Chenpo and... Uh, I forgot the other one. That one. Yeah, no, the, the big guy, the, the big shorty guy. Oh, okay, the shorty guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we at least get we get to see them uh, mingle and have some uh, brotherly interaction with um, Lan. At least they group up and whatnot. In this one, is focused on uh, all focus on Mulan. And the reason why I wanted to focus on the rest is because. Um, one of the YouTubers that we, well, I personally watch, I'm not 100% you, I'm not 100% sure about you, is Jim Wong from yeah. the Command Cast. He plays Ping in the movie. And I get to see him just a few times. Wait, he's Ping? Yes. I know he was in the movie, but I thought, oh he my god. He plays a big part. Kind of. <laughs> uh, I, I need to download the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is available on Disney+. Plus. Ah, well. Yes. But yeah, um, he just plays a small part there, like, you get to see, oh man, like, it's just one of those things where I want to see more of him. Like, he trained so hard and did so little in the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, overall, the movie is okay. A way I compare this movie is, if Mulan here is similar to Naruto, where... No, oh, that's different a bit. Because, um... Mulan had to follow gender roles instead, but Naruto was uh, neglected, was, how do I say, shunned because of a rumor that he is dangerous. Oh yeah, well no, here's the thing. In this world, uh, in the world of Mulan, they have this thing called Chi. Okay. Chi is energy that allows you to be a courageous warrior to have more power than the other person, okay? The regular person. So basically, Mulan has this, and okay. that's not normal for a girl. A girl should be staying at home, being a good wife and whatnot. A boy should have the chi to be a great warrior and whatnot. So Mulan has this, and she's kind of OP. You can you can see her being Narset. <laughs> oh yeah, she's Narset. So the thing is, yay, it's all fun, it's all good, but the thing is, oh man, 
like why why she like I'm I'm just waiting for the wrestling gun to come out. <laughs> Yeah, something like Rasengan, like Kamehameha as yeah, well. Yeah, something like... Oh, man. But, she has chi, come on. What? Animators, come on. Yeah, but People, scriptwriters. <laughs> you, can, you can, you guys can think about stuff. Yeah, but, but it's not bad. But the thing is... Was there a dragon in there? No, there's a phoenix. Ah, oh, damn it. Oh, well, I'm not going to watch it anyway. Uh, you should, it's fun. It's a fun movie to watch and make fun of. <laughs> I, I saw Interchurch, but here's the thing. I, I, I'll be honest. The movie's not bad. Like, it's worth a watch. True. I'm just giving it a hard time because Jimmy Wong is not there <laughs> a lot. Well, I, I sure he would appreciate that. Yeah, but still, go go watch it, go watch it. Yeah. So, uh, let's go to our combo of the day. Oh, I, I have one. Okay. And the combo is not a pure infinite combo, but it's an interesting one. Um, You know the new crab? Which crab? The, the new one from uh, Oh, Legendary Zendikar, Crab Zendikar Returns? What was it called? Legendary Katam Yes, that one <laughs> So, um, the, the combo is not infinite or looping Alright, the crab is called Kerex The Raging Isle Yeah, Kerex the Raging Isle It's a 2 and 2 blue legendary creature Levi- Leviathan Crab Spells your opponent Cast that target this crab Cost two more to cast, and it has P3. Uh, Kerex gets plus X and minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of islands you control. So uh, it has 0 and 17, which is not bad. Okay. And the thing, the, the combo is you just equip it with uh, Dragon Drone Carcare. Yes, what does it say? A quick creature has Defender and and pay two, tap it. All the creatures you control gain trample and gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is this creature's power. So if you play it in a, what you call this, uh, if you play it in a, uh, let's just say, uh, Ar- Arcadis, or Arcadis, Arcadis the strategist, and equip it with uh, Dragon Throne, Dragon Throne, the crab's gonna swing. The crab can swing, it's a and defender. Because of Arcadis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Arcadis lets it swing. Oh, so you make it in the defender and you attack with it. Yes, and then you pay the cost, giving other creatures plus 17. <laughs> or is it changing? Power. No, it says X and 17. And Arcadis deals damage equals to his defense. But X is the creature's power. Oh, power. That sucks. Well, you could change it around to become a 16. <laughs> True, if you have enough islands. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. So yeah, it, it kind of works. It kind of works. <laughs> but let's say, let's just say you pay the 3, then you pay the 2 for this. Then you get, let's say you have 16 islands, You, you, you each of your creatures get 16 power as well. True. That's that's good enough actually. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't really need to be that. Like, you can still swing it with 17 and that's still huge. Fail. So it's 17 and trample, right? Yeah, 17. It doesn't give trample though. Oh. Just give the power and toughness, which is uh, what is X. Yeah, but still, um, swinging it with a big butt, that's not bad. Mm. In our kitty's deck. Yeah, 17. Wow. I thought the tree of what? Perdition, was it? Like the green for 13? I thought that was huge. No? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's even even the tree of redemption. Redemption. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's... There, those are 13s. Yeah, still, man. Yeah. But it's not a 
full combo, but still, it kind of works. Yeah, it kind of works. Yeah. High alert also does well. High alert. Yeah, high alert. I mean, it doesn't yeah. even need to be defender. You don't even need that. You just play that with high alert. True. True. No, uh, you still need to equip it with the throne to yeah. make it defender. Because no, high alert is just dealing damage with the butt. Really? Yeah. I thought it was defender. No, uh, high alert. Hyler says each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than uh, its power. Yeah, so it does. The second line says creatures you control can attack as though they didn't have defender. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that does look around with this. Like the crab can swing with big butt. <laughs> yep. I like big butts and can cannot lie. <laughs> Yay. So, anywho, if you guys have any questions, concerns, or suggestions for the show, you can contact us at ukwatchcast at gmail.com. Uh, if also. Uh, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes, YouTube. Don't forget to press the bell icon to stay up to date. And also subscribe to the I- iTunes. I already said that. Anyway, links are in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, right now, we are recording at Alexander Bookstore. Links and address will be in the show notes. So anyway, I have been Norman Sanzo. And I'm Wilson. And we'll catch you guys next week with another fun episode on the mission. <laughs> with another episode of the Gatewatch Cast. See you later. See you.